I'm Jill Shaw, and you're listening to Last Night at School Committee. Today, I'm joined by Josh Block, who's sitting in this week for Ross Wilson, and we're here to summarize for you what happened last night during the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. What happens at each school committee meeting has big implications for our students and our city, and this podcast shines a light on the decisions our leaders are making. Josh, good morning. Good morning, Jill. It was a big night last night, a big meeting, and let's get right into the big news from last night. Boston Public Schools has a new superintendent. Yes, congratulations to Mary Skipper, who was chosen by a vote of four to three last night. Mary is stepping into a difficult job in a district full of promising young students with talented staff and teachers. The district, though, is facing big challenges, and Superintendent Skipper will have the opportunity to lead our community to a future that is brighter and stronger. It's time for all of us to rally behind her, for sure, and to give her the support that she needs to hit the ground running and to make the changes that this district really desperately needs. And Jill, speaking of those changes, the meeting began last night, as it always does, with the superintendent's report. And last night, her report included a discussion of the deal that was reached Monday night between BPS and the State Department of Elementary and Secondary Education, or DESE, to avert a school takeover. Yeah, this was right down to the wire. Over the past weekend, it was really sounding like the two sides were far from a deal and that some form of takeover was imminent. But the agreement that was reached on Monday night was an important step forward for the district, and it included a lot of provisions, which include these, uh, that there has to be a redesign of special ed to move students to the least restrictive settings possible. There need to be new procedures and trainings for English language learners. There must be important facility upgrades, a guarantee of at least 95% on-time bus arrivals, and perhaps most importantly, there will be a data auditor embedded into BPS who will be appointed by the state and will have full access to BPS data to ensure its validity and transparency, something that it seems the district has had challenges with over the past couple of years. Yeah, that's right, Jill. And data accuracy and transparency has been a major issue for BPS. And it's something that you and Ross have often discussed in this podcast, from small things like how many bathrooms are renovated to major operational things like how many students are showing up to school, how many students are enrolled for next year, and how many students are graduating. And school committee member Brandon Cardet Hernandez asked the superintendent for more information about how this data auditor will be chosen and what role they will play. One thing that we didn't talk about specifically, but I think that has stood out to to me as I read this in the paper, was obviously around the independent auditor. Do we have a timeline around that hire for the state as well as, so that's sort of the first piece, as well as clarity around their sort of access to our information systems, thinking specifically around student level data, as well as some of the other things that are embedded in the MOU that will be necessary for them to report on. And then I guess the sort of third question here, based on the conversations that were in that room, are they solely auditing data to present or are they auditing data to present and make policy recommendations? So the superintendent didn't directly answer this question, but talked about the risk management office that she has been trying to create, which prompted Mr. Cardet Hernandez to re-ask the question to Dr. Drew Eccleston, who gave this response. Yeah, so the auditor will be looking at not only sort of obviously the data, but also the processes behind it to try to understand whether or not we are going through and reporting information as accurately and consistently both with our policy or DESE's policies. They will make a report or set of recommendations to a data working group 
uh, that will include members of the central office team as well as school leaders. And we will be forced to then interrogate our own systems relative to the recommendations that come out of the auditor. The idea is to get to this sort of process of continuous improvement and for us to get good information around improving our data processes. And there would be close collaboration between the auditor and the data working group. So essentially, there's still a lot of open questions, Jill, about how this person will operate, how they'll work with the new data working group, how they'll work with the BPS central office, and what type of authority or autonomy they'll have. And this is such an important part of the agreement, right? Having accuracy and transparent data is the cornerstone to everything BPS does. And I hope we'll hear more in the coming weeks about exactly how this new data auditor will be empowered to make the changes that are necessary. Right. You know, the the one thing is, we'll get to this, but we have a new superintendent now. And and during all of the conversations with both candidates, they, they both kind of talked about how important accurate data is to making good decisions about how to run the district. It's a huge district uh, with over a billion dollar budget. Yeah. Yeah. And Jill, you have a new superintendent coming in who's going to be building out her new leadership team. And so having an accurate understanding of how that data auditor will play a role in that team is really critical at this point. Yeah, for sure. The other topics covered in the superintendent's report were the Mission Hill School investigation, which the superintendent said would be completed in the next few weeks. It's worth noting, though, that she had promised this report would be completed before her departure, which is today, but the Mission Hill report is not yet ready. And the superintendent's report covered what the mayor and the superintendent have coined the Green New Deal for BPS facilities. Jill, we talked about the Green New Deal last week, and last week the superintendent framed it as really just a rebrand of the Build BPS Facilities Plan, which is a 10-year plan that we're already about five years into. And again yesterday, we didn't hear a lot of details about what makes this Green New Deal different or what exactly the plan will look like, which prompted this question from Mr. Brandon Cardet-Hernandez. What exactly it is? our interpretation of what it means to, to build green, sort of clearly map timelines that we're, we plan to deliver on. And then obviously, as we see, you know, we use this language around a green new deal, like what makes it green? What are we trying to change? Uh, and uh, what's the impact that we're looking to have on climate as we're also doing this? And so is there any measures that we took before we launched this that we wanna see impacted as a result of it? It's a great question. Ross Wilson, who we're missing today, covered this in our podcast last week. What exactly makes the Green New Deal green? Jill, did we get a response to that question last night from the superintendent? Well, sort of. Here's what she said. With the Green New Deal, as you are aware, we have 18 months with an outside vendor who will be going to identify what are the key aspects of a 21st century school particularly looking at also our academic pathways and our quality guarantee. We suspect as part of that will be all of the green pieces, you know, whether it's solar, whether it's um, air quality, whether it's building products that go in or labor, how they, how they manage the carbon emissions, all of that will go into those recommendations in that kind of standard plate that will be designed with that outside vendor company. So, Josh, essentially, there'll be an 18-month planning process with an outside vendor, and that vendor will identify what's necessary in a modern school building. And it's likely that this will include some environmental measures. So it sounds like the Green New Deal right now is green in name only. 
and that we're going to hire a third-party vendor to tell us how to make it green rather than having a plan that is developed by BPS based on the goals and values of our city. But I think this all remains to be seen, right? There'll be an RFP at some point. We'll see if it ends up in there. But again, there will be a new superintendent in town. And so some of this may actually start to happen on the front end. Let's let's see. So Jill, it might be a Green New Deal. Stay tuned. We'll find out in 18 months. Potentially or potentially once there's a new superintendent and new leadership at the helm may, you know, really kind of start to focus what we want out of new facilities. Yeah, it would absolutely be great to hear more about that. And then this section of the meeting concluded with a nice tribute to Superintendent Brenda Casilius, which included a video and kind words from the members of the school committee. And then the meeting moved on to public comment. There were a handful of comments last night from parents at the Russell School who were expressing concerns about the merger with the CLAP. And then the majority of public comment was about who should be the next superintendent of Boston Public Schools. That's right. And those comments fell into essentially three categories. There were comments expressing a preference for Mary Skipper. There were comments expressing a preference for Dr. Tommy Welch. And finally, there were a few comments suggesting that the school committee should just start over and you know restart the search process entirely. And we'll come back to the ultimate vote in a minute. But before the main event last night, after public comment, there was a vote to appoint Dr. Drew Eccleson as the acting superintendent. And that's a position he would hold until the new permanent superintendent begins. Now, Jill, this was a time-sensitive vote because Superintendent Caselius's last day is today, June 30th. And yesterday, June 29th, was the vote to appoint the interim. And Mr. Cardet Hernandez expressed frustration with the 11th hour nature of this vote. But still, the vote had to happen last night. And Dr. Eccleson was approved unanimously and without much discussion. We talked about this a little bit in the podcast last week. You know, this is another scenario where it was kind of hurry up and vote without a lot of discussion or collaboration among school committee members. So the meeting then moved on to the final and most important discussion of the night, a vote on the next superintendent of Boston Public Schools. Chair Jerry Robinson introduced the session by discussing the process, saying that each member of the school committee would have an opportunity to share their thinking and to express their preference followed by an official roll call vote. Members spoke in seniority order based on how long they've served on the committee, with the exception of Vice Chair Michael O'Neill, who spoke second to last, and Chair Jerry Robinson, who spoke last. Here's what they each had to say about their preference, beginning with Mr. Tran. One of the candidates stands out a little more hands-on to me, and that is Mary Skipper. And based on my conversations and my personal deliberations, I share that my preference is for Dr. Tommy Welch. Y quiero decirle que muchas gracias por todo el gran trabajo y dedicación a favor de nuestros estudiantes y familias. I'd like to tell you, Mr. Tommy, Tommy Welch, thank you very much for your great work and dedication in favor of our students and their families. Sin embargo, entiendo que mi posición es a favor de la señora Mary Skipper. Even though I have to clarify that my position goes in favor to Ms. Mary Skipper. Within this interview process, I felt that Tommy Welsh demonstrated a growth in how he was able to respond to questions, a great sense of adaptability, understanding that he knew the challenges that were there in a way that made me believe in like his ability to, to lead this district. 
And so, you know, my support is for Tommy Welsh. And I've heard from parents, particularly Latino families who have felt seen and heard by Tommy. Uh, and maybe even more importantly, they have said that their voice felt represented by him. And that matters to me deeply. I would, my vote would go with Tommy, but a full recognition that Mary Skipper is incredible and has done incredible things in her community here in Boston and externally, and we will be lucky to have her as well. I realized I deeply valued the experience of a sitting superintendent. And that to me was the critical factor. I do believe that Mary Skipper, Superintendent Skipper, is the most qualified candidate to be the next superintendent of schools in Boston, and I will be supporting her candidacy. So I'm going to go out on a limb to say that we, we need both in clear leadership roles, but in terms of the role of superintendent, um, I am giving my support to Mary Skipper. So there you have it. By a vote of four to three, Mary Skipper, current superintendent of Somerville Public Schools, will be the next superintendent of Boston Public Schools. And Jill, it's worth noting that student representative Zyra Mercer, who always has a lot of insight to contribute to these meetings, she doesn't actually get a vote in this process as the student representative, but she did speak last night and she discussed the merits of both of the candidates. Here's what she said. I've had like a lot of back and forth with my choice and just between the two candidates, both candidates are highly qualified and they would do an amazing job as a superintendent. I have really strong feelings towards Tommy being the superintendent. The driving factor of those feelings was because he is bilingual and currently works in the districts, right? The fact that he can communicate with such a large population within the BPS is incredible. I personally believe that it's very important that the superintendent can speak more than just English. BPS has about 47 languages that students can speak within our district, and nine of which are considered our main or popular um, languages. He works with students and families that are new to the U.S. or are not really strong in English so that they can strive and be successful, and I believe that is extremely important to highlight. But Mary has in the past worked in BPS for 18 years and has experience as a superintendent of a district. She knows the BPS system as an educator and principal. She's loved by alumni and teachers that she has worked alongside as a colleague and boss. She has seen as thoughtful, great, a leader, positive impact, skilled, et cetera. Those, those are the words I've heard about her throughout this whole entire meeting. So the final vote tally was four to three in favor of Mary Skipper. After the vote, the school committee moved into executive session to discuss the details of Mary's contract, including timeline and salary, we look forward to hearing more about that in the coming weeks. But for now, we have a new superintendent, Josh, someone who's well-liked, well-respected, and has a deep institutional knowledge of BPS, having worked in our district for two decades. But it's important to note that most of the provisions of the DESI agreement, which we spoke about earlier, have a deadline of August 15th, and Superintendent Skipper likely won't begin until September. So... Josh, this means that acting superintendent Eccleson, who didn't go through any search process and was appointed as interim just last night without any discussion of his appointment by the school committee, is responsible for implementing all of these initiatives with major implications for the future of BPS. Of course, we have to also acknowledge and thank Dr. Tommy Welch for putting his name forward in the superintendent search process. He would have also made a great superintendent, and we're so grateful for all of the work that he does every day to make our district stronger. We look forward to continuing to support his efforts to improve education in Boston for our students. Absolutely. Thank you to Dr. Welch and congratulations to Mary Skipper. 
Jill, there's a lot of difficult work ahead in this district, but it's also a great opportunity to make real change for the students, for the teachers, for the staff. And for our part, we'll do everything we can to help Mary Skipper be successful in this job. We absolutely will. And that's what happened last night at the Boston Public Schools School Committee meeting. Here are some of the questions that we think are worth asking. When will Mary Skipper begin her tenure as superintendent of Boston Public Schools? And how will acting superintendent Eccleson ensure BPS meets all the deadlines in the DESE agreement? How will the community be involved in that process? And of course, there are ways to engage and get involved. Reach out to the school committee members with your thoughts on the priorities for the next superintendent. Their emails are in our blog. And listen to our special podcast series on advice for the next superintendent of Boston Public Schools. It's seven episodes featuring exclusive interviews with Superintendent Caselius, her five predecessors, and more than a dozen community leaders. The full series is available in your podcast feed and at bostonsuperintendent.com. Thank you for listening to Last Night's School Committee. We hope that you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you did, please rate, review, like, and share it with your fellow friends, parents, and residents of Boston. We all have a stake in the future success of Boston students. Have a great day.